You are listening to the Body Charge podcast, and I'm your host, Sandy Sanderson. Welcome to the Body Charge podcast. Today's topic is how to triumph against the beast of addiction. And I'm really happy to welcome aboard Derek Mooney. He works as a life coach, talks about his own journey through and out of alcohol addiction. He has been showing many others how to beat the beast of addiction and learn to lead a happy, healthy life. Derek has realized that this is his calling because he has been able to support so many others on their journey of recovery with great success. Um, And addiction is becoming a big problem these days. Uh, There's more than just addiction to drug and alcohol, but addictions can be to overeating, excessive stress, gambling, and even extreme sports. So Derek, what does it mean to be addicted to anything? And tell us about your own journey through this dark phase and what drew you into it in the first place? It's a good question. And for the biggest thing for me, I think is not so much what drew me towards it, but who I was surrounded with um, at that point in time in my life and why I was doing the things that I was doing. Now, when it comes to alcohol, um, everyone around me drank, you know, uh, my friends did, my family did, uh, the people I went to school with, played sports with, um, everyone. Uh, you know, I, I think it's such a an embodied cultural um, thing to do is, you know, we we go out and we drink, you know, we, we celebrate everything. And then we have a drink while we celebrate, you know, and birthdays, Christmas, you know, you name it, you know, there's uh, alcohol is always involved. And I think me being intoxicated so much, I realized like why there was a, there was one point in time where I think I kept on making the same mistake and I, I don't feel well physically when I drink either. Um, and the amount of times I kept on saying the next day is like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I, I, I want to, I want to be better. Um, not not so much it hit me right away. It was the is the effect of you know the people around me once I said those types of things, you know. So when I said that I wanted to quit, um, you know, people would be like, "Well, well, why? There's nothing really wrong with you." But me, I I knew that there was something wrong. So I took a step back, and and the day that I decided to quit, you know. Um, it was, it was a big change for me because everyone around me started to change. And when, when people around you start to change, your life starts to change. And that for me is the biggest thing. For example, you know, when I told my mom uh, that I wanted to quit and I, I, I love having a glass or oh, I loved having a glass of wine with my mom at dinner time, you know, because uh, she was so used to and accustomed having a glass of wine with me and, and talking about life. You know, there, it seems harmless for, for an example, but the day that I told her I don't want to quit, you know, she, she kept on asking me week after week and then weeks turned into months. And then eventually she stopped asking because she knew I was serious about it. So, you know, when it comes to being addicted to something, you know, you have to like take yourself out of the bubble, the world that you live in to really realize that you're addicted to something, I think. That autopilot feeling, oh, it's time. Or, um, yeah, so it, it's so interesting you mentioned about having a glass of wine over dinner with your mother, or you know, with whoever, whoever you know, as a social thing. 
it's um for thousands of years you know it's a european culture to um, with many countries to have a glass of wine especially with the french um uh, but they stop at one and children even uh, join in with um one mixed with uh soda soda so it's um, diluted um and and they don't see it as a big deal and they don't actually drink in order to get intoxicated and to numb and dumb something down. They drink um, because it's part of their food, part of their meal, part of the digestive process, because, you know, it does help uh, some stomach digestion as well. Um, And so it's a really different reason that people drink and they can stop at just one, one's enough. If you have the second one, it tastes like vinegar. The body tells you that it's, you know, that's too much. So so it's really not recognizing what is too much, what is enough and what is too much. What do you think? Well, I, I think for me, you know, I now that I don't drink completely, I, I, I try not to tell people um, what to do or how many drinks they should have or if they should drink or not. Um, I just tell them that I feel really good. I tell them how I feel uh, from when I was drinking to when I wasn't. And I feel like when you have a certain amount of drinks where you don't really, you know, people have the term blackout or they have the term, uh, they have these feelings where they don't really remember things, you know, when they, when they have too many drinks. So I feel like when you're altering your life decisions and they're changing, um, you know, the next day is going to affect by you having one too many drinks, then I think that's probably the, that's the, the green light that comes on and says, Hey, like this was not a good idea. Um, I've definitely had too many drinks, you know? Um, and I think that's what happened to me. Um, I've had too many, uh, too many of those times where two, three, four five drinks. And then, you know, I, I do something, uh, that I regret doing, or I say something that I have no recollection of, you know? And I think that's happened to me too many times where it's like, man, what if I, what if I didn't have any drinks at all? You know, that would, that would be, well, it would mean that I would be my authentic self all the time and I'm in total control. You know, oh, so- that's important, isn't it? That's very important to be in control. So what you're saying is it's a little bit like having everything numbed and so you're not sharp and the thinking isn't sharp or is the thinking is a little bit more clouded, more like brain fog, a little bit slower in the reflexes. So, yeah. and that lasts in the body for probably a good 24 hours, sometimes longer with people. Um, so if you're drinking the night before, as you said, you've got work the next day, you've got something important to do. You need to be on the ball and sharp and quick-witted. And then you're, it's like your hands are in a straitjacket. You just can't perform. Something's holding you back. Right. Yeah. It's it's a, it's the monkey on the back type of thing. You know what I mean? And, and yeah, that, that's probably to me, um, you know, I, I'm always thinking about the the future to a to a certain extent. I'm I'm living in the present, but I'm I'm always thinking about the future. So um, I always want to be ready for whatever could happen. And if I'm not, um, if I'm intoxicated or if I'm not myself, you know, I'm not going to be ready for anything. I feel that's just that's just the way that I look at it, and that's my perspective of of drinking per se. Yeah. And so, so that's taking responsibility, personal care responsibility. That yeah. if it has to be, it's up to me. I'm the one, and so that that's a really good um, stage to get to. That's a very powerful um, way to make changes. First of all, you have to have the attitude and the intention 
the intention comes always first. Right. Um, so you make the plan and then work the plan. But there's, there are a lot of people who fall into that addiction and it may have been social pressures moved them into it. Um, but once they're in there, there's a certain chemical chain reaction or a predisposition where some people don't have the ability, even though they may intellectually know, well, this is no good for me. The power of the addiction, the pull of it is mm -hmm. is stronger than their willpower to make that responsible decision so um I, I i say that because i've been looking a little bit into the naltrexone treatments i know there are some medical treatments that have been quite successful with those people who um cannot overcome that uh chemical the chemical addiction um mm. to the uh, to do with the opioid receptors in the body um right. without the help of an extra medication to help um block the effect to get you out of that revolving door so so i guess it's all like a spectrum of how far down the track did you get um you may you may have only got maybe midway to a pathway other people travel down and they go a lot further you know and you see sometimes people they're they're in the street they are homeless they have nothing left they've spent all their money on their addictions they've got right. nowhere to go and it's almost like they're waiting to die um yeah. and and drinking more just helps numb the numb it so that they don't um suffer i, I guess they're self-medicating then at that stage have yeah. you seen that oh yes well you can you've been to vancouver and uh i was just there last weekend and if you take a walk down east hastings and you can't even walk on the sidewalks anymore um they have tents it, it kind of looks like downtown la um a, a small piece of it anyways it's uh you you it gives you an idea and a perspective people can get to that stage in life and uh it is sad to see but then you know i also i also look at the other side of it too of you know, what if, what if you only travel down that middle road, you know, that, that you're saying that I, I kind of traveled down cause I've, I've tasted that. I, I haven't completely been homeless and, and been totally medicated and, and self and induced in alcohol, but I've, I've seen people and I know people today that still live a nine, to, like a nine to five job and, you know, still are able to function throughout the day. Um, but to me, I'm not too sure deep down if they're actually happy, you know, so maybe they're, they're doing whatever they need to do just to stay afloat. And then, you know, they're coming home on the weekends and numbing for the weekend and then going back out into reality. And then, okay, um, I need to do this X, Y, and Z feed my kids, go to work, um, keep my, my hygiene, right. And then, okay, it's Friday again, I get to relax and have my drinks. You know, I, I feel it's very similar. That says to me that in those cases, there's perhaps stress and anxiety involved and people don't know how to come down from a high level of stress. Um, and yeah. because um, my business is electromagnesium, so we supply magnesium supplement transdermally that works very successfully um, to help calm the nervous system very quickly. Um, right. um, people just need, I think, to find natural solutions with no negative side effects that support health to deal with stress and anxiety because it's so huge today so many pressures there's social pressures as one there's job financial pressures 
um, lots of things can impinge on a person's life, uh, relationship pressures, for instance, where they can't see their way out. Because if you're low in magnesium, and both stress and alcohol uh, will cause uh, excessive loss of magnesium, you can't think clearly. That's part of the reason you get the brain fog. Um, one side of it is the chemical numbing and dumbing down the opioid receptors. The other side is that you don't have enough magnesium for a, the recovery phase right. because magnesium is all about rest, relax, detox and recover. Right. And and so um, two things have to happen. You need, For good health, you need to remove toxic elements that hold you back. And then you need to put good nutrients into the body and had to have that good lifestyle, exercise, sunshine, all the the recipe of how the synergy of good health comes together. It's never really just one thing. So I think what we're getting to is a stress is probably stress and anxiety in the world we live in today uh, is probably the biggest contributor to moving people towards addiction. They just can't see their way out and they need something to numb it and dumb it and not not have to deal with it. It's a way, it's kind of a way of running away. Do you feel yeah. that? Yeah, no, I, I feel it every day. You put it perfectly. Um, it can't really get more perfect than that uh, in that description because I see that in um, not only with people that have a lot of riches as well. You know, there's people that are trying to escape in all walks of life. You know, and I think from my my perspective and, and how I live life, I try and cover all the 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 bases that I can with nutrition, with exercise, with having healthy relationships, with not putting these toxins in my body, with um with having a positive mindset, with meditating and trying being open to new things as well and not living in um okay, well, because everyone around me is doing something, that means I have to do it too. I don't want to live like that. And I, I think there, there's a reason why, um, you know, when it comes to politics as well, you know, why, why we don't believe in our government because, you know, the government's supposed to be helping us out and they're, they're not, you know? So if you think outside of the box and think, okay, how do I, what do I want to do and how do I better myself? What can I start with? It's, it's extremely hard to think about, but at least try and maybe you can, you can make some progress day by day. You know, but I, I try my best to cover those bases. Have the intention, and then perhaps reach out to someone close or an expert or a coach like yourself that can help um, guide you through the pathway to get from A to B. Um, I think we need more social connection in a, in a good way where we feel safe and we feel we have a friend, we have someone to confide into to maybe share some emotional things with because there's the stresses can cause huge emotional um, trauma for people. And yeah. if there's no way of dealing with it, resolving it, um, it, they bottle it up and it becomes a bigger and bigger pressure. Uh, and so that's another reason to try and numb, numb and dumb those feelings down. But the thing is to solve any problem, you need your brain. You need the brain to be thinking clearly, crisply, sharply. And that means you can't afford to have alcohol numbing and dumbing everything down because you won't survive. The world is a bit like a jungle, a lot like a jungle at the moment. And right. or or another analogy would be a game of snakes and ladders, you know, where there's potholes where you can fall down the snake hole if you're not looking, but there's also ladders to climb up which right. are ladders of opportunity to go to a better place. And so learning how to play that game helps you avoid the potholes for the, with the snakes and climb up more ladders. 
So that's my my philosophy. It's a, it's about taking control, as you said before, taking the responsibility and going, right, what is it that I need to do to solve this problem? And to solve a problem, you first need to get your brain in order, clear and relaxed. You need to be in a relaxed state to think clearly. Um, right. and, and then the creativity kicks in and you start to creatively solve your own problems. So um, it's a big package, but it can be done. It is. But for, for me, you know, my life changed and it's, it's, it continues to, um, it continues to unfold like in a, in a great way from me being sober and having an impact on, you know, since I I'm not drinking well, now my brother's not drinking. Okay. Well, since, since he, um, has friends that have seen me not drink anymore. Okay. Well, his friends are going to try not drinking. You know, and it, it, it's such a ripple effect when you take yourself out of the box and look around and say, hey, like, I don't I don't need to do this, but let's let's try and be a little bit more clear today. Let's just try, you know, yeah. so, and, and so can... that's a good example that you're setting. And I think it's a lesson to all of us that we as individuals have a lot of power when we start to harness ourselves when we start to direct and control and be in charge of ourselves, our own mind, our own body, we can then become a good example. It's not like you're forcing anyone to do anything, but when they see those good results in you, they're more inclined to then want to follow the guidance uh, because nothing counts like experience, does it? You know, no. walking the path someone else has walked that works. Right. And I, yeah, you're right. I, I totally believe that it's, it's the power. And I think once people see that you're, you're, you're doing well, or that you feel good, because people want to feel good. You know, I have this thing with logic and emotion, you know, people, people are, we're emotional, you know, species, you know, we're very emotional, but it takes your brain, it takes the logic to actually put these things into play. But once we see people doing well, from, you know, being healthy or, or going to the gym and like, wow, like you look really good. Or, you know, like, you're, oh, that looks like a healthy meal or what well, you know, you looks like you have a lot of energy. And it's like, that makes people want to like, learn about it. And like, okay, well, how can I be like that? You know, how can I, I do something like that? And then it, it, it seems like a lot at first, obviously, just like anything, it's like buying a house or, you know, starting a business. It's like, there's steps until you have to get there. But I think, like you said, it takes people to to inspire other people and look into it. But once it starts with one person, you know, like you said, it only takes one person to change. We're only trying to change one person at a time. That's it. Respect. That's it. And the idea is to um, seek happiness, inner happiness, what, what makes you feel good. Physically, right. first you have to get your body in order. Um, so feeling good physically means that your body can then release endorphins, which are the happy chemicals. They they give give you the big buzz. And so when when you're able to release those happy chemicals and you get something done that's very satisfying, you go to the gym, you notice you're making progress, um, you're getting the oxygen circulating, um, the detox system starts to work better. Uh, so as you feel physically better, you're able to release more endorphins, more happy chemicals, and then you get happy chemicals from seeing it also in other people because we relate to others and their journey as well. Their journey becomes our journey. We get a great sense of satisfaction from seeing others change for the better, and it's very rewarding. It is. It is. I, 
I love that. Yeah, you're right. I I probably get most of my satisfaction from seeing the people that if I even had a little bit of of help towards them, you know, I I really I feel good about myself better than uh me working on myself. <laughs> Did you hear about that um, experiment they did many years ago? Uh, I think they called it Rat Park, where they had two cages. They had the rats in one cage that had nothing in the cage except <clears throat> a bowl of um, water and the other bowl had cocaine in the water. Right, and yeah. uh, most of the rats went for the cocaine water and were just stoned the whole time. And the other cage, they had... Uh, rat park they had a fun park they had ferris wheels and little slides and swings and lots of things that the rats could do where they got a buzz they got a dopamine hit <laughs> yeah. and uh they also had the same two bowls but they went for the water they didn't touch the uh, they left the the cocaine water alone because they had so much fun in their activities yeah. i think we can take a leaf out of that book uh, <laughs> Instead of Rat Park, we could create Human Park on the planet, right? Where everyone has good things to do that makes them feel a sense of fun um, and produce, you know, good vibes, endorphins and happy chemicals in the body. And then that creates an incentive to do more of the same, right? Yes, totally. I, yeah, I love, uh, I love that, uh, that whole rat. Um, I, I, I don't know when I read that. But when I did, my there was a huge light bulb that went off. Yeah, I, I remember that, and I was like, I got a dopamine rush from hearing that. It makes it makes a lot of sense, you know. We we have, we do have a lot of things here in this society that I don't think we even realize sometimes, you know. And I think that has a lot to do with the people that we are surrounded by, you know. From them seeing, you know, like I said, my my um, if I see someone drink, um, my I saw my mom drink, she saw her mom drink, so on and so forth. It's like, okay, well, that cycle is just going to keep in until somebody breaks the chain eventually, I feel, you know, or you just get out of that. I think I try and say that to a lot of my clients as well. Just like think outside of the box for yourself. You know, think uh, if your family is always doing this, then maybe you try the opposite for once, you know, and, and maybe that will spark a, a different conversation at the dinner table if possible, you know. And Yes, yes. Face your fear. Don't be afraid of criticism right. by others. Um, be be confident to stand in your own truthful space. Right. And I wanted to just say before we finish up that um, uh, alcohol is depressive. So it will stop your happy endorphins and happy chemicals. So is that what you want? You know, ask you ask yourself all those questions. You know, you may, you may use it to numb pain, but is there a better way to deal with that pain rather than the alcohol which just makes you depressed and not want to live anymore. You know, this is a choice everyone needs to make um, to, to work out the pathway they want to, you know, and it's it's not an easy thing. Often it's a lot of hard work. Starts with the right intention. Yes, I want to live. Yes, I'm going to make this decision. And now I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to make it happen because you have to believe you can. You have to believe there's a way. And by seeing a good example, such as in yourself, I think a lot of people will get out a lot out of that kind of coaching and support, that moral support. So before we conclude, do you want to finish up on, on um, the most important thing that people should remember when they're looking at these choices and choosing their destiny? Um. Yeah, I think for, for me, 
I think what people should be focusing on the most important thing is, is the, is the increment steps is the, is the small steps. You know, I, I know things seem so big and, and I, I look at things myself all the time, like, you know, uh, finances. I think that, man, am, am I going to really make it there one day and have that much money? Or am I going to be that really in that good of shape one day? Or, you know, that, that type of mentality. It's like, I just do everything day by day. Um, I, I take, I take my time and I, I think about where I see myself and it's like, what do I need to do today? So focus on today. I, I can't stress that enough. I, I do everything that I need to do today because tomorrow is not, it might not be here tomorrow, you know? Yeah. So uh, today, I, I just tell people to focus on what they have in front of them and, and just take it day by day, step by step. Yep. Very practical advice. And you can't worry about things you can't change, such as the past. No. Uh, you can learn from it and move forward, but then you need to detach from that negative emotion because then if you're not careful, you can pollute your future opportunities by carrying forward something negative that's unresolved. So you need to accept what you need to accept. I will say one more thing, Sandy, before, yeah. before we sign off here is that I like, I've, I've been thinking about this for the last few months, just about these two different huge topics is, and, and that's logic and emotion. You know, and and when it comes to uh, these day to day choices that you make, you know that could be, uh, am I going to eat the salad with the with the chicken strips, or am I going to order this pizza, you know, or am I going to? It could be something as drastic. Am I am I going to cheat on my wife, or am I going to be faithful? You know, um, these logic and emotional choices, I think, is what makes a person. Um, get to their destination a lot quicker. So for me, I try and use more logic than I do emotion every single day and every every um, circumstance that I see myself in. And I feel that that has changed my momentum um, and the speed of it drastically. You know, I, I do things that I don't want to do every day, but it's logical choices. And at the end of the day, my emotions feel really good because I've, I've made these hard choices to get to where I really want to be long-term. So I feel like that's another piece of advice that I would give to somebody is that make the logical choice and don't worry about your emotions as much as you think you need to worry about. Yeah, so it's weighing up the pros and the cons, isn't it? Weighing up the pros and the cons. And also other therapists have also advised to write things down, put it down on paper so you can self-analyze and it's like separating from, from the issue. It makes it clearer, clarifies everything. And that makes the problem easier to solve, whatever it may be, where you can totally. see it outside of yourself. I agree. I, I write, I try and write my journal every, every single day uh, and my calendar too, my daily planner, you know, write, write down, write down your steps, write down them. And, uh, and then you get to see, you get to feel them physically. You know, I totally agree with that, Sandy. Yes. And that you get a sense of achievement, uh, but as you said, to be practical about it, step-by-step step, be in the moment um, and, and don't have the goal too huge straight away. Uh, cut everything down into smaller pieces so they're yeah. achievable and you feel good that you did that thing today yes well yeah, totally that that would be my piece of advice to give yeah lovely so if people want to learn more or connect with you where should they go um i'm on instagram uh so it's Derek mooney underscore health um you can find me on instagram that's how most of uh, most of my people connect with me 
Uh, we usually post a, a random workout video or something like that, some nutritional, or I'm usually posting a, uh, um, some type of book that I'm reading at, at this moment in time. Right now, my book of choice is uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Oh, that's um, a good one. <laughs> great book, great book. And uh, yeah, no, you can find me on Instagram, Derek Mooney at uh, underscore health. Thank you so much for, for this great discussion today. I'm sure people will get a lot out of it. Sandy, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. I hope you liked this conversation and will share it with others. Hear more from Body Charge on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to our newsletter to get updates on blogs, podcasts, videos, and magnesium special offers at electromagnesium.com.au. Relax, recharge, and recover.